welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. If you're like me, you've likely walked through a model home at some point in time and just admired everything, the decorations, the curtains, the furniture, the 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 cabinet choices. Now for me, I was never one that, I don't know, I don't have an eye for that. I always just like trusted the model. I'd be the customer that went in and been like, just give me what's in the model because that's what makes me feel really comfortable. Well, today I'm really excited to bring to those of you listening, a design expert, Miss Brittany Benners. Brittany went to Alabama. She got her degree in interior design. She now works at Taylor Morrison. She is the operations and central design studio manager. And I am so excited to have her on with us today. Hi, Brittany. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. Yes. So we're going to dig into like all of the things design world and more specifically the work that you're doing. For those of you who don't know, Brittany and I did work together many moons ago. We had an overlap when she was a uh, design studio manager here in Charlotte and I was an area sales manager and totally enjoyed my time working with her and her team. And that was really my first um I want to say like stint with true design centers. The builder I worked with before was more, you know, package type sales where it was all preset and we didn't really get involved in design, but Taylor Morrison has a phenomenal design experience for their customers. And Brittany will tell us a little bit about that today, but I want to start like way back when, if you could tell us what sparked your interest and love of interior design to begin with. Yes. So I, like you said, I went to Alabama. Um, I actually started as a nutritionist major, um, which I look back and think science is my worst subject. I don't know what in the world I was thinking, but I remember being on campus and had just had my um, little go-to right before my freshman year started. And then I walked by the interior design building and I was just so in awe. They had all these boards and the fabrics and just all the pretty stuff that people think of when they think interior design. And it just was so heavy on my heart. And I remember going back to Texas, which is where I'm from and thinking, I just, I can't stop thinking about interior design. And my mom had done it a little bit. Um, I think everyone, when they watch HGTV, everyone thinks they have a little bit of (laughs) creativity in them. Right. Um, But I just, I couldn't stop thinking about it. And before my freshman year started, I decided to change my major and with interior design. And then here I am 15 years later, still doing it. Wonderful. Yeah. That's, I always love to hear that like origin story. And so if we were going to make the Britney, uh, documentary, it would be you walking past (laughs) the door and being like, Oh my gosh, fabric's fun. I love that. So (laughs) what did you do? Like right out of college, what was your first step into this field and this line of work? Yes. So after Alabama, I moved to Charlotte and I've been here ever since. Um, and you're going to laugh at this. So 
my parents are like, you gotta get a job. You gotta get off our, you know, off our insurance, off of our payroll. So I, no lie, Googled interior design or architecture firms of Charlotte. And one of the very first ones that pulled up was um, a custom builder called Artistic Contractors being an A, right? <laughs> so started alphabetical. <laughs> I shot them an email, gave them a call and they were like, Hey, actually we've been looking for someone. So um, I just think that's so funny that that's just such an old way of trying to find things. But um, I worked with them for almost two years as just their interior designer slash assistant um, for custom builds. And then um, I then transitioned to True Homes and I actually did new home sales with True Homes. Um, I loved it. But again, my passion was design. So an opening in the design studio opened and I slid right in. <laughs> so I did that for a couple of years and then moved on to Taylor Morrison um, actually eight years ago this week. So oh, happy anniversary. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank eight you. Eight years I know. is a I can't long time. That long. Yeah, that's a big milestone. It is. It definitely is. Um, so I started as a design consultant. Then um, a couple years go by and a design studio manager role opens up because we did not have one of those. So as the market was growing, as our company was growing, um, the opportunity arose and I took it. So um, fast forward, I'm still actually designing or I'm sorry, I'm still managing the Charlotte design studio. Um, but I've also taken on um, a corporate role, which was the model brand senior manager. <laughs> and that means for all the models in the Southeast. So that means Raleigh, Charlotte, and Atlanta, I was managing. So everything from, you know, the design of the model, the floor plan, the square footage, who this buyer is going to be for this community, all the way up to construction and keeping construction on a timeline, which that's fun, right? Because <laughs> that never, that never stays the course. Yeah. Um, but just again, managing managing all of their meetings for all three divisions. And um, of course, the fun stuff working with the designers and the decorators of how to furnish everything. But um, yeah, so doing that as well as managing studio. And then lastly, right before I went on maternity leave, which was in May, um, I got approached to see if I was interested in leading the design studio operations in the central area. So that's basically Raleigh, Charlotte, um, all of Texas, which is Houston, Austin, Dallas, and then Denver, Colorado. So kind of a big U across the country. Um, and I said, of course. So I've kind of let, we have a model brand manager that does those same divisions. Um, so letting her handle the models. And then now I am truly over the design studio operations. Wonderful. That is, that's a lot. That's a lot to be involved with. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I always loved the model build process. Like that was probably one of my favorite journeys as a sales manager was one, the excitement around a new community that's like second to none, right? And everybody pitching in. Right. And I do think that that pre-community opening is an all hands on deck meeting. And every organization that I've worked with and every single lady I've coached working with different organizations, there's always this question of like, who does what, when, and who's keeping us all in check. And at each company has their own like point person. So when I was at Ryan Homes, it would be, you know, me as a sales manager was responsible for that. But we had a model home design coordinator who did what it sounds like what you're doing in terms of the actual design, working with the vendors, keeping it on schedule, which is 
probably the the single most stressful thing in construction in general, but even more so with models when the deadlines are tightened often and the expectations greater than, you know, a a customer um, build in terms of timeline and execution, because you need to get that done before marketing can go, before sales can go, before we can build a house, before, you know, you know the process anyway. (laughs) And most people know the process, but I, I think that this is such a, a unique role to be fully focused on, you know, now currently until well, a couple of weeks, <laughs> currently in this model <laughs> home design space, and then also design studio management, because not every builder has the design experience that you guys have at Taylor Morrison. Do you want to share a little bit of what that experience is like, at least in the markets that, that you oversee? Yeah, absolutely. So you're totally right. You know, it's, it's very rare, actually, these days, post-COVID, to have a builder that still has this custom experience. Um, a lot of builders have gone to packages, mm-hmm. um, which we do have. So we have two sides. We have Craft, C-R-A-F-T, which is our design studio experience. And then we have Canvas, which are our custom curated packages. Um, so I'll talk about that first. Canvas would be, for any inventory home out there, um, they have a Canvas package assigned to it. So it's not just, you know, A, B, or C. It's actually depending on price point, the community buyer profile, um, and then obviously um, budgets, trends, depending on the area of the community. You have these very fancy, luxurious names. So it could be like distinct overture or classic concerto. (laughs) So we make them sound very pretty. Um, And they then just encompass a style for that whole package. So one might be all white cabinets, white countertops with, you know, a pop of blue, black splash and light floors. Another one might be more darker cabinets with um, like a whitewashed gray floor and um, gray countertops. So again, just depends on the style. And we try to sprinkle those and make them um, have a variety of those across the market. So if a buyer wants an inventory home, they're not feeling like they're just stuck with something that was, you know, slapped on paper. This is actually a custom curated package. But if a buyer has the opportunity to do what we call a to be built home, which means that, you know, they purchase the lot and then the floor plan. And then of course have, um, you know, the seven to eight month build time of customizing, going to the studio, etc. So in the design studio, we have um, our professional design consultants meet with our buyers Um, It could be anywhere from a four-hour appointment to an eight-hour appointment, depending on the size of the home. And you really get to pick out almost everything. You know, it's not this overwhelming custom build experience where you just have, you know, endless options, but it's not very limited as well. So we have our national partners. So, you know, it's Sherwin-Williams Paint. It is Timberlake Cabinets, um, Generation Lighting. So specific brands, but then we have um, national lineups within those. So everything from their kitchen cabinets, countertops, hardware to their flooring, to, um, what kind of light fixture they want per bath, um, exterior options, interior, you name it. I mean, stair parts, I could go on and on, but um, they truly have the options. It's pretty incredible having walked through how many square feet is the one in Charlotte here? Um, it's about, I would say it's about almost, it's a little under 2000 square feet. Yeah. So it, you almost feel like you're walking into like a house that's been like chopped up and displayed. So there, I know you guys just did a, 
a redo of it as well, but there's like a beautiful kitchen that's interactive so they could see, touch and feel things. There is a bathroom. There is, I think, a fireplace and a staircase to yep. somewhere. <laughs> I think that went up to your offices. And so they're, they're, everything that you could put into the home is featured as well as like cabinets, walls, tile walls, all of that. Now, from an old school salesperson perspective, and maybe you had a similar experience at True, I... As a salesperson used to help with design, I had no business doing this. So it used to be like either in, <laughs> in a secondary bedroom or in a closet under the stairs, I would like whip out all of these cabinet samples and granite samples. And, and then it was like the blind leading the blind basically. Cause I'm like, what do you want? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think is popular? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, the last person did this, or this is in the model. Like I had no training in design. All I knew is that sometimes people would pick something and I'd be like, Ugh. I don't know how I feel about that. And like, we used to have a rule. This was way back in the day, like early 2000s, where it was like, don't sell green or red carpet. And it's like, well, why are you even putting it on our sample boards? Like it used to be right. on the boards that they gave us. And I remember one of my managers taking us through a house uh, that canceled. So it was completed, but the people backed out of it. They had picked a teal carpet in their hole upstairs. They took the whole sales team oh into this house and they were like, we're going upstairs and we're showing you like why you have to control the design process. This house with the white builder, white standard white walls that was popular at the time was like glowing teal. It was like every room you went in and they're like, we're never going to be able to sell this the way that it is. We're going to have to rip this carpet up, put in like, you know, the, the builder beige and, and move on. But it was such a, at that time, I felt like I should not be in charge of design. Like, you know, and be in charge of like steering people because it's really hard to meet expectations, right? And to meet expectations on a small scale. But what I found with like your team at Taylor Morrison is that you had a team of actual professionals who loved or were trained in design, were educated and could steer professionally and where people felt like they trusted them. Me being like, I don't know, whatever you want is not very reassuring <laughs> to the customer journey. Um, and so I was grateful when I switched to palettes because it was like, hey, a designer said something, you know, said this looked good, so it should look good. Right. Um, but I love this concept of it's almost a custom experience, but with a, with a production home builder and getting yeah. that level. And I think Taylor Morrison does such a great job of bridging that gap where if you walk through, I'm sure you guys still build the London floor plan. If you walk through a London floor plan, you know, on this street, and then you go a couple streets over the outside could look so different. You wouldn't even know it's a London floor plan, the inside choices. There's so yes. many options structurally and design feature wise that sometimes you could be in a house. You'd be like, I didn't, I didn't even know this was a London, right? Like, because they just picked so many different right. unique things. So I always felt like it I was really more of like a, a, a custom type experience at a more affordable right. price, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think like sometimes we get ourselves in trouble by saying the word custom, right? So we don't necessarily say that to the, to the buyer, but it is though. I mean, we're, we're allowing them to customize their yeah. home with just some guardrails. Yeah. Um, or maybe personalize. I think that's a better word. Personalize. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Personalize is a much better word. Um, but honestly, to that point about, you know, having experts here and other departments chiming in and selling design, we've actually rolled out a um, corporate design certified training. So anyone that's customer facing, so sales agents, um, warranty construction, you name it, they actually come through and we're rolling it out in January. We've started a little bit to pilot it in Charlotte, but 
um, they'll come through and, you know, they have, they see how our appointment works, how we design, you know, an inventory home. Um, what are some most popular questions that people ask all these things, which I feel like, again, just kind of bridges that gap for each department. So if someone does ask you out in the field, a design question, they feel a little more confident. Yeah. That's awesome. I always try to encourage people to cross train, but that's almost like you guys are teeing them up for that, right? They're getting to see that experience without having to go through the process, which is invaluable. So what would be, if, if somebody was like, you know, what would surprise you about being a designer? What, what kind of things come up that are maybe like a surprise that people wouldn't expect fall within your role of responsibilities or the crazy questions, anything like that? What would be some surprises? I mean, I think just from the design role in general, and I, I think everyone has admitted this, a lot of people think design is the pretty stuff, right? Like, oh, you pick out the pretty colors or you do this, but it, it's, it's a lot of work to be able to, you know, we're, we're listening, we're smiling, we're typing, we're documenting everything. We're making the changes because people change their minds. I mean, it's, it's a lot of multitasking and, then managing that customer. So yeah, upfront, it is fun. It, it is supposed to be the most fun part of the whole process, but then we need to make sure we're managing that customer and whether it be delays or back orders, whatever it may be, still having a solution for that customer from start to finish. So I would say people come to design thinking, Hey, this is easy. This is fun. This is showy. <laughs> but then realizing, no, it's just like sales or construction. You've got to, you know, be with that customer along the whole journey. Yeah, it's still project management start to finish and it's still setting expectations and it's still a lot of sales in the fact that people still have budgets, you know, it's and helping them maximize their spend and staying within their budget and not letting their, um, you know, what do I have a champagne taste on a beer budget, like not letting that get away (laughs) from them because then a really fun experience can go south quickly. If you let them get too excited about stuff that then doesn't fit within the budget, you're not doing them a great service. So I could certainly see how that would be uh, a balancing act from start to end because, and especially over these last couple of years, as there have been supply chain issues, vendor delays, like there's just so much stuff. I remember in the beginning of COVID, like if you could find a fridge, good luck. And like having these conversations with customers and you guys really work closely with the purchasing team, right? In terms of what's out there, what options there are, all of that, correct? We do. Yeah. And we've come so far since then of just making sure we have monthly meetings with them. Hey, this is what we're seeing, you know, supply chain. We're trying to be proactive versus reactive. And um, we've actually even again, created this program where, hey, you know, if this is our product today, if for some reason something happens, this is the replacement product. And we always have that. So then rather than reaching out to a buyer with a panic of saying, hey, sorry, you can't get this product you really wanted. We build that confidence. Hey, I'm so sorry. It's on back order, but this is an even more beautiful product that we're going to give it to you at no charge. You know, you know how you frou-frou that up, (laughs) but it's definitely it's a teamwork with working with other departments for sure. Yeah. I love having that system in place because there were definitely times in my career where I'm like, what are we doing? What's the equal or better value, right? That's what the contract said. If we can't give it to you, we'll give you something right. of equal or better value. And then it's this, this mad dash. But I always like when people are on from different departments, other than like, in my experience is figuring out how everybody connects. So design, obviously 
is a handoff after sales. So they take, they take it there. They are in transition before construction. So they, they deal an enormous amount with construction because construction may have questions about the paperwork. They're going to come to you guys for clarification. They might need pictures. If stuff's not matching, you know, numbers and names on boxes aren't matching what the customer thought they got. There's a lot of this that happens, um, in my experience. And then obviously you're working with purchasing. Is there any involvement and I should know this, but I don't. Is there any involvement with your team and the loan officers or is the salesperson kind of guiding the conversation in terms of budget? Like how do they know what's to spend? Are we just trusting the customers in terms of their comfort? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a scary statement, right? Just to trust. But I think we don't necessarily have direct um, working or contact with the loan officers, but we do start off the appointment reviewing, you know, hey, this is this is where we're at purchase price wise. Where do we want to be or what is our quote unquote budget? Um, and honestly, I feel like buyers are pretty educated these days. So they we've very rarely I'd say in eight years, maybe I could count on both hands of someone that, you know, had an appraisal issue or something like that. So I think if there ever is those you know, one-off buyers, depending on what their loans are, um, they'll, they'll give us a heads up, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like we're probably trusting the buyer. (laughs) Sounds like it's going well. So there's no reason not to trust them, but it's also could be that they're the loan officer and the salesperson have done a good job setting them up for success for that meeting too, because there's a lot of involvement in those first few weeks, um, to make sure everybody's aligned. So it sounds like it's working really, really well for you guys. Um, I have one question I want to ask you, which if anybody is, on the social at all, they know that Taylor Morrison has done this really big partnership with Home Edit. Um, how has that partnership with the Home Edit impacted your design world? And what does that partnership look like for customers? Yes. So that was such an exciting announcement when they announced that um, earlier this year. And it's been more on, it's been kind of like sprinkled in. So there's so many more exciting things to come with that partnership. Um, but it kind of started off with our model homes. So they actually came to Charlotte and they did one of my model homes. Um, it's in our Reed's Cove community and it was our Wembley. So my personal favorite, I'm a little biased, but, um, just the colors, everything. So they chose that they came in, um, and just did a series on how home buyers can organize, whether it be their pantry, their laundry room, a kid's toy room, stuff like that. So they did their little special touch with their rainbow colors and all their organization skills. Um, and then they've done a, they've done a few things here and there as far as, you know, when you're unpacking and moving in, or I'm sorry. Yeah. When you're moving into your new home and unpacking everything, um, go ahead and do this versus having chaos and doing it after. So back to that whole being proactive versus reactive with, um, organization. Um, so it hasn't really necessarily touched the design studio world yet. I do believe it will in the future. Cause like I said, we have, um, little projects sprinkled here and there, but it's a very exciting partnership and I can't wait to see what else is to come. Yeah. And so my next question that I need to know is, am I one degree <laughs> separated from meeting Clea and Joanna? Did you get to meet them? <laughs> So I feel like I was this close to being able to meet them. So I was there fluffing the pillows, doing everything in my models with their um, behind the scenes team. Yeah. And then there was kind of a, um, which is, this is a very fair announcement, but they just didn't want a lot of like commotion and distraction. They didn't want me there being like, (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> Which I would have been there right there with you. I love them so much. But yeah, so I, I got to meet their crew and their That's team awesome. and, you know, who who leads everything. But I, yeah. I've heard nothing but amazing things of how kind and sweet they were. Yeah, I'm sure they're like next level now, right? Where it's like, okay, everybody out. <laughs> and and Cheryl yeah. came to town too, right? Your CEO, wasn't it? Wasn't she part of that yes. for the filming and everything too? So yeah, it's like, okay, Cheryl comes in, the Clea and Joanna come in. That's so cool. And I live right down the street from Reed's Cove. So I think I'm going to go over there and maybe snag <laughs> some pictures inside the model so I can share that with everybody um, when this episode yeah. comes out because I I love the home edit. I like binge watched it on Netflix. I am not a highly organized person and it hasn't even really inspired me to organize anything. <laughs> but there is something very satisfying about watching these transformations that they do. And I, I really appreciate this concept, which I never thought of before this concept of setting an organization with a move, like doing that hand in hand. I just had a guest on my podcast, uh, which will air um, before yours. And she was saying that one of her friends is a professional organizer. And she, in this market, she shifted and started helping people with their move. So when your boxes get delivered at your house, she'll show up and she will help you create your organization system from day one. And I feel like so many people, when they move into the house, it's like, I just need these boxes unpacked and they go willy nilly and just throw everything everywhere. And they kind of start off with bad systems. So I, I think that's, you know, a genius idea and a killer partnership. And I look forward to seeing all the things that Taylor Morrison and the home edit do together. <laughs> and if you ever get to meet them, you'll have to like take a little sneaky screenshot. I will. <laughs> of um, course. <laughs> well, well, tell us a little bit. I know we're going to wrap up here in a few minutes, but I'm just curious, what are some popular design trends, color palettes, you know, all those good things. What's going on in the world today of design and kind of where do you think we're headed for maybe next season? Yeah, for sure. Um, gosh, there's so many things. It's so funny. If you ever Google, you know, design trends 2024, um, I think everyone says a little bit of something different, just depending on where it's coming from. But I think, you know, I was at KBiz in um, Vegas this past February. So that's the International Builder Show that you get to see all of the products that are upcoming and you really get to see what the trends are going to be. And honestly, depending on where you're located in the country, I think Charlotte or the Carolinas were a little behind, right? When it hits, mm-hmm. um, you know, California, New York, Chicago. So I think what I saw this year will probably hit us in a couple years. But overall, um, we're continuing to see more and more bold aesthetics. Um, so just taking those risks, right? I think white is classic. You know, I don't think you can ever go wrong with a white kitchen. But grays, whites, those cooler tones are on their way out, if not already out and bringing in those bold colors like navy blue or green. Um, we saw a lot of like mauve pink, (laughs) which some people, they probably would cringe at, but I love it. It was just those soft, um, pastel colors are coming in. So even though I said bold, I feel like it's a bold statement to just throw in those colors. Um, as well as dark cabinets. Um, again, I think people, I feel like I've been saying this for like five years, black is back, but I really do think it is. Like, I think it was the trend and now it's made its way to us and, you know, black cabinets are back. Um, they're the truly painted black, that rich tone and not necessarily like that dark cherry wood or espresso that we saw. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, very bold. And I think when you pair it with lighter floors or countertops, it's not as heavy as people I think would be afraid that it would be right. Um, cause we have been so used to white, but, um, yeah, so bold black. Um, and then I'm sure you've probably seen too, even the natural wood tones, you know, it's funny. A lot of builders probably have the same or a similar standard cabinet color, which is like a lighter or a cherry tone um, in woods, but those are coming back. Maybe not the cherry side of it, but like that rye, um, golden oak. It's very, very popular on the West Coast, and we're seeing it now on the East Coast. Um, gosh, I go on forever. So I think that kind of ties into the trend that's continuous of bringing the outdoors in. Um, so, you know, like myself, I can't keep a plant alive Me neither. <laughs> at all. You're in good company. <laughs> okay, good. I'm not alone. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, it's it takes time and it's a talent. But if you still want to have that um, feeling of greenery or whatever it may be inside the home, you don't necessarily have to have a plant. You could bring it in with a pop of a green backsplash, or you could have, you know, wallpapers back for sure. And you could have very earthy or botanical um, patterns there. So it doesn't have to be very literal, just as long as, you know, you're getting that feel of bringing outdoors in. Um, What else? I think gold tones and matte black, they've been around, but it was very hard to find. Um, I think it was back to that word custom. It was just very either really expensive or only certain brands carried something gold. Mm -hmm. And so now I think you can find it in anything. So lighting, plumbing, cabinet hardware. Um, I think golds are here to stay. So, um, I, that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. I was at the, I was at the building expo in Concord a few weeks ago or a few months ago, maybe at this point. And I went into the Moen booth and I was like, all right, guys, what's the latest and greatest trend in faucet fixtures, you know? (laughs) And he was like, well, tried and true is the matte black, but then he's like, and then we have brushed gold. I'm like, oh, is that our like way of saying bronze? (laughs) He's like, it's not bronze. It's not bronze. It's brushed gold. And it was, it was really, really sharp looking. And I could definitely see liking that, which is so funny because I remember my first townhouse bronze and I know bronze and brush gold are different things, but I just remember like, oh, gross, like that gold look is so out. But to hear that it's back again is um, in a chicer way, right. In a chicer finish. But I love that to mix with the light woods. So I saw somebody, I get sucked into these things as I'm sure you do too on like uh, Instagram where it's like these kitchen redos and somebody took their cabinets Mm -hmm. and they refinished them to be that light, 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 light oak wood, almost like my desk. I don't know if you can see like the color of my desk here. Yeah. And then gold hardware. And I was like, oh, that's so pretty. So lots of big things, but I want to go green. I think I want to do like green cabinets in my kitchen. If I could guess my husband, that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) it's such a great idea. We actually offer, um, it's called sage green in our Timberlake line and it's perfect. It's not, it's not too bright. It's not too dark. And a lot of people will just go with like an Island accent, um, or, you know, family room built-ins accent area. So you don't have to commit to your whole kitchen, um, or a whole room, but yes, green is definitely, I don't know. It's one of my, again, very biased, but I just, cause we would never offer anything that's not beautiful, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's so pretty. <laughs> How often do you guys revisit the the selections that are in your showroom? Because I know it's a big process to go through purchasing and yeah. go through vendors and get your contracts. Like how often do you guys change that up? 
<clears throat> that's such a great question. So that's actually part of my newer role coming up of just, again, aligning the whole country because no one, everyone was doing their own thing. No one had a process in place. So on a very high level, um, you know, we go to KBiz, our design leadership team for corporate goes there every year. We kind of see what trends are coming. We then take the next six to seven months to evaluate, okay, is there anything that we could take away to then bring in? Um, is this the right price point? Is this even going to work in any of our markets? Um, you know, as we're spread out, we're across 11 states of the country, but you know, every market's a little different. So high level, we see what's going to work. And then um, every year we look at a new category. So this year we did countertops, um, laminate, hardwood, carpet, and paint. Okay. And then we're not going to touch those for a couple years. So then next year, maybe we're going to look at plumbing and lighting and door hardware. And so we try to switch it up, but not overwhelm our purchasing teams too much. Yeah, that can, <laughs> that, I'm sure that can be a really huge undertaking. So are you going to be at I, IBS in February? I am. Yes, so, I'm excited. So even though we live down the street from each other, can we <laughs> meet up at IBS? I would love to like yes. see your side of the world and not just get stuck in sales central and all of that. It would be, it would be good to kind of see what's going on. Of course. Yes. I actually, okay. A little um, claim to fame. I don't know if the home edit will be there, but I met the property brothers last year there. Ooh, that's Got a little fun. photo with them. That's which super was fun. fun. And I can't remember there's there's another um, HGTV couple that's going to be coming um, this coming year. So yes, we'll have to meet up and get a little photo yeah. off with people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So if anybody listening is considering either a transition or an entry into interior design, what advice would you give them? Um, oh gosh, such a great question. I think I truly believe that you were born with the passion for design. Um, I think a lot of things can be learned. Um, but if you don't have that passion and that creativity, it's going to be hard. So make sure you have that and make sure that's something that you love. Um, but the best part of design is there are no, no rules necessarily. It's what you, you want to see. It's what um, your particular personal style is. Um, and you obviously have to be a people person. Because at the end of the day, depending on what kind of design you're going to do, if you're doing residential, yes, you want to have your personal flair. By the end of the day, you're there to serve your client, right? So you just want to make sure that you listen um, and have confidence in what you know and what you love. And I think people will feed off that and it will be a great recipe for success. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Brittany, so much for hopping on today and sharing your journey with us and also what's hot. Um, oh, maybe we should do what's not, what's not hot real quick. What, what's kind of done and <laughs> faded out and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. I actually made notes on that. That's funny. So yes, two things I think that we are going to see no more of coming soon is subway tile. Um, it's, it's traditional. It's classic kind of back to that white kitchen. You can't necessarily go wrong, but, um, that rectangular shape is going out and you're going to see lots of, um, just textures and funky shapes and, um, geometric patterns, all of that. So that's going to be hot where subways might necessarily not. <laughs> and then cool grays. I, grays have been on their way out. You know, that was a neutral for a while, but specifically cooler tones and grays. We're not really seeing those anymore. Everyone wants something warm, cozy, um, and not gray. So if you have 
any grays, just watch out. (laughs) (laughs) So not to gray and not to subway tile. Anything else that makes the not list or is that the main ones? Um, I think those are the main ones. I would say back, I kind of already mentioned it, but like the white kitchens, again, it's just very stark and people don't want that anymore. They want, you know, you want a space that looks livable and not something that you can't touch or that you're, you know, scared to mess up. So just again, back to those warm, cozy feels um, with darker, richer tones and less whites and grays. Yeah. And then there's less cabinet cleaning. If you're somebody like me who has kids and dogs and all the things that yes. mess up cabinets. <laughs> I have dark cabinets now and I'm grateful for it. I'm glad I I was at one point going to paint them white and I'm glad I did it after we saw how much we had to clean them. I'm like, this is going to be a, a long journey of cleaning white cabinets that I wasn't interested in, but that's why maybe a dark green could be in my future. So we'll see. But anyway, again, that's thank right. you so much. If anybody wants to reach out to you, what's the best place for them to find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Brit.Benners. Um, and honestly, I feel like that's really, I'm not that cool. I'm not on really TikTok or Twitter or any of that, just Instagram. Yeah, just Instagram. We'll go um, there. You, that's right. I was going to say, or you can always email me at um, bbenners at taylormorrison.com too. I'm always here to help if you have any questions or are interested in anything design. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. All right, everybody. It's a bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.